Hello and welcome everybody to the Gamers Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I am Emma Handy and you are... Autumn Butchat. And so this was kind of just us at Worlds where Autumn was competing for Magic the Gathering. You okay, hi. Y'all might have heard of it. Uh, and this is like the what, fourth, fifth event. We just kind of hung out together where you were competing and I was just kind of, you know, the supportive bestie or whatever in the crowd. Uh, coach. Coach. Well, yeah, no, I was a coach this time, but like, <laughs> let's be real. I like for like the MC one or whatever. I was honestly just like the doting fan girl that happened to have <laughs> your number. <laughs> Chose the right event. <laughs> But, uh, so we've done this a few times, and so many times we've been at dinner, and we've gone on this huge ramp, and like, what if we just hit the record button? Like, <laughs> we're both super busy and kind of living the freelancer life, and kind of complain about being able to actually have deal with the commitment of a podcast, but, you know, we, we kind of just realized, like, we, we don't have to do it every week or month or whatever, mm-hmm. like, we we're just pals and can just do it when we feel like like that's just allowed no one will even arrest us (laughs) not anyway (laughs) so uh we just got done watching the finals of worlds and we were walking back and we were like you know what we have our laptops with us what the hell let's just do it we can maybe even upload it tonight so you know if worlds was today and you're listening to this right now Seriously, all of this just happened, and you kind of have an idea. If it takes us longer because hotel Wi-Fi sucks, <laughs> then, you know, maybe this is to give you an idea of when we decided to pull the trigger on all this. Mm-hmm. So what are what are your takeaways from this event, Autumn? You're the one who actually played in it, so I imagine your perspective is, you know, one of the more unique ones, right? Only 16 people in the world got to do this. So one of the... I only got a little bit of this. One of, like, the weirder things about the event. From my perspective, it was really enjoyable. I can't imagine it for the people who are playing for longer. The best of three matches. Like, I did one against Gab. Right. And that was, like... The Grueling. Se- the second match, we finished game two with, like, three minutes on each clock. Yeah, it was it, unbelievable. It was an actual just hour. Yeah. And it, then we it, just had to, like... Have five minutes to get a breather and sit down and play again. Yeah, that. So, so what is that like? Normally, at a big event, you're in these spots until maybe the top eight or something. Normally, you're in these spots where you know you play your round. It's like forty minutes an hour or something mm-hmm. like that, and then you kind of, for you know, to be crude, I guess you just kind of dick off with your friends <laughs> for like. 20 minutes by the pairings board or whatever. Basic land game or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, how how different is this, really? It's wild. Like, you know when, like, you sit down down and you're playing Moto for, like, a few hours, and by the end you can tell your play's getting a bit sloppy? Mm -hmm. That's with you just, like, sort of casually engaging with it in the evening. Like, maybe you'll, like, have something else going on at the same time. This is full focus. Like, the same sort of session. Just, like, like you've sat down for a whole evening to play Moto. Except all your... It's everything. And everything's on the line. And you can't afford to make a mistake. And there are tens of thousands of people watching you right now. Yeah, that, I, that is more... Like, I get nervous when I play Magic for stakes a lot of the time. And 
I get nervous playing for top eight of like a local winner box. Mm -hmm. Like truth be told, you know, I cover a ton of magic and all that, but I I still can't help but feel like, all right, this is it. It all comes down to this. This <laughs> this match makes or breaks what is gonna mm -hmm. happen with my tournament or whatever, especially when you reach the point where magic is kind of your job. And I think for most people in worlds to be able to reach this point you've more or less kind of thrown everything you have into mm -hmm. the game to reach here right like all you do for a living is magic all a lot of these people do for a living is magic that's all yeah. you do so really just kind of feeling like you have your livelihood on the line and if you screw up you just maybe you don't necessarily lose your job or whatever but mm -hmm. imagine if like you're a cashier and you ring up like the wrong fruit or something <laughs> and you get fined $10,000. Unlike the flip side, right? If you're successful, your life has changed. It's just like not the same anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so PV, just one world, won $300,000 and lock, basically locked up an MPL contract yeah. and everything. So, I mean, you know, he did well in Brussels a few yeah, weeks. He's like, probably getting it anyway. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it is locked up completely, which mm -hmm. is worth however much equity that is. I don't know the exact number. Yeah. But that's we're, we're looking north of 400K in equity because he'll probably get invited to the next one. Yeah. Right? That How much is that worth? Like 60, 70K in equity or something? However much money there is in the incoming Olive Garden sponsorship he's going to get from this too. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know part of part of what fueled i mean at least in the conversation that was just like no nah, we we got to record this 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 is too good to talk about it is the finals um between marcio carvalho and paula vitor dama da rosa uh there there was this point where to me it became very visible that marcio was starting to tilt yeah. off not not just his last keep or whatever, but there were times where like he played a um, a Sphinx before a Teferi in his Fires of Invention yep. deck when leading on, which doesn't let him play through Mystical Dispute, and if he had just led with the Teferi, he gets two. There were also just like a couple points where like he'd like mouse over his spell, but the auto tapper wasn't tapping correctly, and he just didn't care and went for it anyway. Yeah, like knowing that like. You know, if X, Y, and Z happens, then, like, maybe he doesn't have the correct man of this thing, but he's just, like, mentally given in and assumes his opponent has the answer. Yeah, and there was, there was a play with Cavalier of Flames that was honestly heartbreaking, where yeah. he bricked off, uh, he had the chance to either play a little more conservatively with a Kenrith and push in more damage, mm -hmm. where, like, all of a sudden PV's at two and probably dead, but not definitely. And instead, he just jams this Cavalier of Flames discards his entire hand and if he hits an untapped land he wins the game that moment the room like went wild oh the yeah. response you could just feel it yeah and you you know when it hit the table and he starts clicking all the cards there was just a hush you could feel <laughs> everyone lean forward and draw their breath in so they could cheer no matter what happened because mm -hmm. that was the moment of the game right yeah marcio ended up winning anyway because the cards he drew were pretty okay but what if he had just drawn, like, three tap lands and a Fires of Invention? Like, the game ends on yeah. the spot when he did not have to just throw it in the trash. So it's like, so many so many ways in which that moment, like, defines the whole finals. 
depending on how things go. It's just so intense. Right, and, you know, the play is perfectly justifiable. Yeah. We understand the idea of wanting to end the game. Maybe he felt like that was the moment. Marcio is one of the best aggro players to Mm. ever touch a magic card. He's very good, knows how to pick his spots. Yeah. So it isn't really an issue of us saying, you know, uh, of us running the numbers on the play and going, well, you know, he's only actually 40% to hit it, so he shouldn't do it. You know, it, it's more to say that it, it was a spot where it didn't feel like he had to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that moment was the exact moment when you can pinpoint that Marcio started making plays that were not necessarily always about snowballing an advantage or playing to the matchup or anything it felt like a lot of the time he was doing something because he was really uncomfortable and he really just wanted it to end like his brain was panicking something to that effect and it was just Just like cross my fingers hope i high roll yeah like I, i i want this to be over i i think i don't know i maybe i'm being a little bit unkind to him here but there are a lot of little things that felt like like marcio knows better he's actually unbelievable at the game and i think he's probably one of the 10 best players of all time yeah he's certainly one of like the five best active players yeah yeah like he's like barely a discussion yeah right uh so it's not about his play necessarily i i think a lot of it is just that in that moment i even so he wants to win worlds right Mm -hmm. anyone wants to win worlds but more than anything too after his like finals against bbd yeah yeah he probably wants to win worlds more than like basically anyone after that wasn't this like his seventh worlds or something like that something absurd unbelievable how many times the guy's been here how close he's been before Mm. and he really he really just rallied back in a lot of ways against pv while down a match in a spot where he already needs to win more matches than pv to clinch it and that's just like so imp- it's so easy when you're like down a match you need to win three in a row your opponent only needs to win one you just give in that you're just like the odds are so against me even if i play perfectly even if i play to every out you know run the numbers on everything i am 15 percent, 20 percent to win three matches in a row maybe at most tops yeah against pv yeah actual pv like i don't know it's so easy to give in there and he was rallying back so well yeah absolutely there were a lot of spots where i mean he was down a game mm-hmm. like two of those matches when he cannot lose that's the spot where it's like all right well if i lose either of the next two games my tur- yeah that's it done and he did it. he held together he pulled through and it was incredible to watch like seriously the, the way he strategically navigated those games, he obviously was very at home in mm. how to play the matchup, right? He was using, like, his Boulder Crush Giants at very... Or is it Boulder Crush Giants? Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher Giants. Yeah, there's, there's a moment where he just, like, main phase the stomp because he just didn't... He knew that, like, if I do it in my in PV's turn, it can get Dovin's vetoed. I need to, like, stomp into Bone Crusher so that I get this pressure going make it so pv's on the back foot and has to tap out at some point exactly like those those types of things are the heads up type of stuff that are just those are evidence those those spots are him demonstrating that he knows what he needs to be doing with his cards how to use the tools he has available how many people just like hold up the stomp until the end step because you want to represent interaction or something it's not relevant in the slightest exactly and so towards the end, it just, 
it, it felt like he saw like towards the end you can literally like watch him physically shrink as yeah. as it goes on like he gets more like drawn into himself it's you know, like chews on his like hoodie more it's so tough to watch too like yes you could feel it like it, it, it's really easy to just be like focused on the game or whatever but like you look over at his camera and it's like kind of hard to look away yeah like there's the moment where like i don't know and there was one point where he was like rocking or something and i could just like i don't know i've i've been in a lot of spots where like i've gotten really anxious and like my leg starts bouncing mm-hmm. in a couple of times where i'm like honestly at like mc3 last year where i felt a lot of pressure from like getting a discretionary slot it's my it was my first yeah. pro tour and like i play against like kai round two <laughs> and i'm just like i literally my leg was bouncing the whole time i'm sweating mm-hmm. profusely and towards the end i realized i had just been like gnawing on my thumb and rocking the whole time i was playing and so like watching someone that you know like maybe this is ugly so okay so I understand Marcio has done some bad things, right? Mm-hmm. None of this is to forgive him for his past transgressions. Yeah. But there is a point, and this is a separate tangent discussion, whatever, where, like, if we are agreeing that these people get to keep playing Magic or whatever, then I think there's a point where I think it's kind of necessary to, like, in a spot like this, like an arena tournament where they can't be cheating or whatever, to kind of be like, all right, you know, this is just a person playing a Magic tournament. Yeah. So watching someone who is good at Magic that can't help but look up to because of how well he plays to a point watching someone who is so good and is somewhere that i want to be doing something that i can empathize with as a negative in a negative way that that hard is just i remember just like clamming up in mm-hmm. the studio or what whatever you call the set was around yeah, the stage yeah, yeah. and everything i just remember like clamming up and just being like oh god i can't imagine what it takes for someone who normally is I mean, I feel like it's usually pretty collected, right? It's not like he hasn't been literally here before. So to watch him just start to unravel to the point where it is having a physical effect on him, I my heart broke, Same. honestly. The the final game, I almost had to look away, not just because of, like, you know, will he get there or won't he? There's all this tension. Like, I've been there on, like, Moto or whatever. Like, when you're waiting to, like, draw your card and you, like, look away whilst you click the button. Before looking back over. Oh, I love the look. Close my eyes. You just like need a moment to collect yourself before you see. Yeah. Like there, there was that that aspect of the game. You know, times a thousand mistakes. Also, I just like I couldn't I couldn't bear to watch him struggling like that. that you situation. see him start to look up and look back down for like he literally like puts his eye, hand in his elbow. Yeah. He mouses over the draw button mm-hmm. or the draw face button. And he starts to peek up and puts his head back down. And I literally felt the thought cross his mind going, until I look up, this isn't over. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have to accept. Whatever whatever it is. Yes. And I, honestly, it was unreal. I I just, and, you know, I, I think this is honestly a thing where I think in a lot of ways, magic as a brand, Magic Esports, Wizards mm-hmm. of the Coast, however you want to refer to that entity, is working really hard on legitimizing itself as an esport. Yep. And a lot of the kind of experimentation they're doing with brackets and stuff, especially in Worlds, Mythic Invitationals, etc., I think is them kind of trekking into that zone of trying to cement themselves as a, as a mm-hmm. legitimate esports brand. I think this weekend, 
they mostly did a great job. Yeah. There are like details they need to work on, some things to iterate on, but like it is it is not a question to me that like for what they were aiming to achieve with this weekend, it feels like it was a pretty huge success based on all the feedback. I've yes, seen. yeah, like especially the draft coverage. I don't know if you've gotten to go back and watch it yet. It's actually unreal. Mm-hmm. Like I. I, so I like this draft format a good bit, and I know all the cards, so I'm yep. probably not going to struggle to follow draft coverage regardless. But the way that they were able to put some editing in and kind of had Marshall and Paul do some great pacing mm-hmm. and getting through the packs, like they would only show the important packs. They didn't actually show them passing the packs and waiting and counting down yeah. and everything. Like the whole draft portion, instead of taking a half an hour or something was like 10 minutes. Yeah, snappy, more involving, not like this downtime where they're happy to like try and fill it in and say like, well, right now he's looking for X, Y, and Z to pad out his deck for these reasons. And you're just kind of drifting away and losing focus. Right. And they even at the end of each pack, they would have the featured drafter fan out their 15 picks mm-hmm. in order. And you would have Marshall go, oh yeah, look, and you see... We got, you know, a Soul Reaper of Mogus to fill out the three yep. slot. And that's exactly what Piotr was looking for here. And it's it's it was honestly incredible. And I, mm-hmm. I really love the direction it's going. That being said, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I, I really would like one of two things to happen if we keep leaning towards these big, grandiose sort of best of three of three of five of situations yeah. these, I, these like million dollar small field events right where like stakes are so high every match matters so much is riding on it and you're trying to make it like this big flashy product right to drag people in right i i wish okay so i guess there are a few angles they can take i think to remedy it but the well, let's i guess get in first to why i think what i think the problem is or what we have talked about the problem being um I think it is a problem that Marcio basically had to play five consecutive hours of Magic today, and it was five consecutive hours of the highest stakes Magic there has ever been. So what, what matches did he have before the finals? So he had to play the finals, which was five best of threes? Yeah. Five best of... Er, no, it was four best of threes. Yeah, it ended up being four. It was yeah. four best of threes. Then... Immediately before that, this is like we're sitting there and there was like a 20-minute break or something. between. Before that, he played against Seth Manfield. Mm-hmm. And that was another best of three of three yeah. where they played three matches and they all went to the end. And like a best of three of three is already just like so much more intense and tougher than anything I've... That's effectively like that, three rounds of magic. Yeah, that... that that match against Gab that I did in my in the top eight that like I got eliminated with it was like maybe the the most intense toughest match I played in my career like obviously the one at the in the finals of the MC has more riding on it right it's more like emotional yeah. involvement or whatever because sure. um, it is like the literal finals but it's not as long it's like five games yeah. and I had a break before mm-hmm. like. There was, there was another match going on beforehand. And mm-hmm. They do a bunch of preamble and stuff. And, like, I had, I had time to go get food and lie down, get in, get in the right headspace. It's so much different. Just, like, sitting down, playing three matches in a row. Every single one matters. Every single game matters. 
Right, exactly. And, and you know, there was, before that was um, Manfield versus Gab. Yeah. And then before that was um, Marcio versus PV the first time in the yep. upper bracket, I believe. But mostly just getting to the Manfield versus um, Carvalho and then PV versus Carvalho. That was like five consecutive hours yep. of magic. And it was very much like, from Marcio's perspective, it was like playing seven rounds of magic in five hours where every match of magic is at least 100 grand on the line. Yep. It like minimum 100,000, one zero zero, comma, zero zero zero, decimal, zero zero dollars. Like comparison point, think of like you go to a, a GP, right? You have your two buys, you play your seven rounds, at the end of the day you're exhausted. Right. And that's like spread over like nine, eight or hours nine hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. bunch of breaks, bunch of time to get food, relax with your friends. Yep. It's compressed. Exactly. And all in one go. This is, yeah, this is all one shot in front of, imagine all of it is yeah. in front of like 100,000 people as well. There were, what was but it, Crunky of, said today, like 111K yeah. or something was but the number? Everyone, like, a bunch of people, like, judging your plays. Right? You ju- were, judging you based on it. Imagine the seven rounds you played at a Grand Prix are, no exaggeration, literally on a stage mm-hmm. with... Everyone in the magic world watching. Sports stadium. Yeah, like it is actually, it was literally at the roof of the Hawaiian Convention Center. Yep. Like, when you talk about like the world stage or whatever, like that's it. So imagine the mental toll that comes with all of that. So like, honestly, I think like, maybe not quite this far, but I I think like the disadvantage Marcia's at from... Entering the grand finals, having just played against uh, against Seth mm-hmm. for like two hours or whatever, is about as big as the disadvantage from like you know being a match down in the best of five. Yep. Like you're just, I like I think that's kind of like a bold bold statement, but I mean, I, you even saw PV in his winners interview. They were like, "So, are you the type who feels better when you've had to play a bunch of magic or when you're relaxing?" And PV just like snaps off i feel better when i've been able to relax now someone now pv with like that approach and that attitude has to play two hours before the grand finals too yeah massive the difference there yep yeah he just kind of got to you know relax and like i mean relax is a strong word like there's a lot there's a lot of stress around yeah yeah exactly like there is definitely a lot to be said for the anticipation giving you the sweats like that's a very real thing um so, you know, I, I think that is not something that is healthy. I agree. And I, I hope that Magic does something, maybe not to acknowledge it, but to compensate for it mm-hmm. somehow. Um, I, 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 I'm not positive what the best fix is. Uh, I mean, we can, I guess that's what we're kind of going into in a Ye- second. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the obvious straightforward one is find a way to put best of five arena or whatever mm-hmm. um i i don't know if that's something that is difficult to program into the client or what have you because like i don't know this is separate tangent but whatever we have the microphone we, get to see, <laughs> we can just say what we want no one will even arrest us for it I hope not anyway we need to get home tomorrow <laughs> uh 
So, um, one of the things I think a lot of people get mad about when you hear about, like, well, why don't we have an eight-player draft on Arena yet? Like, what if it just wasn't originally programmed to do that and it isn't as simple as, like, making it happen? Mm -hmm. Like, that sounds pretty and easy because, like, oh, it's on Moto. Why can't it be on Arena? But they're just different clients from the ground up. Yeah. So, I, I, I feel like, like, what happens if someone DCs in the middle of the draft? They, like, they, need to are, have, they need to have something prepared for like something like that happening. Right. Like, I, I think one of the bigger issues with Arena right now that you'll see is whenever you get DC'd from a match and struggle to get back in, I think that's one of the common things we'll see where mostly they're pretty on top of it, but yeah. imagine if it's it holds a up. a lot better recently. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just imagine if that held up seven other people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you just, like, don't get your draft anymore. Yeah. Like, you know. Person to, like, the left of you just gets, like, random cards removed from their packs. So it's, like, half-block drafting. Or... Exactly. So, I, I... 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 This isn't about that. But it yeah, is yeah, to yeah, say yeah, yeah. that I, I do not actually think that putting best of five in is as easy as we'll just increase, you know, how mm-hmm. many how many games decide the match it's possible that's just not in the original coding and best of one and best of three were yeah and it just is as simple as those are the two options so i i don't know but um, we're not computer scientists exactly so i assuming best of five is not an option um one of the things that i actually this is a little self-serving but one of the things that i wish they would possibly look into is if they're looking to legitimize themselves as an esport uh, I, I think it would be great to possibly allow it for the higher level um, arena events that are actually going to utilize this kind of stuff. Yep. You know, your Mythic Invitationals worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it would be great if they would actually start allowing people to utilize, um, we'll just say coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are people who they can be anything from an, an analyst or something to that effect, or even a like sports psychologist, yeah. something like that, to kind of get to talk to someone between matches and be. I mean, some people might feel like this is, you know, giving outside assistance, but like, I feel like if it's between matches, it's closer to fair game, and mm-hmm. we can get on that in a second. But just having someone between matches to either kind of say like, "Hey, you kind of did this. Maybe you should board this way," or like, "This is what I'm feeling." is happening or even just psychological uh, stuff like regarding like focusing more and like what making them like wind down a bit so they're not in their heads so much right yeah and i mean you know this is anecdotal i guess but i feel like that's something that is kind of uh, a lot of you and i's relationship and magic yeah. at this point is like you know just kind of you'll be like you've taken a couple of hard losses in your life and mm-hmm. like just being like, hey, Autumn, guess what? You're the one who got you here. Like, there have been plenty of pros that in your finals of MC Cleveland were just like, I would have lost that match like five different ways. Yeah. So like, you know, so like sometimes you just need to be reminded that like things are going to be okay and that you're capable of doing great things because like when you're, you know, playing high stakes magic for five hours and it's just you getting in your head mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have to play against the greatest magic player of all time in the finals for worlds automatically down a match. Like, it's really easy to just kind of snowball a sort of like, I can't do this. I'm done. That's such a, like a reasonable, normal human thing to want, right? 
think about how like normalized it is in like relationships to like give reassurance to each other to let each other know that like things are gonna be okay like that's just normal between like friends and partners and stuff and it's even it's normalized in other games too Mm -hmm. right like one of the I, i really liked this recent um i think it was a dota a documentary that I watched where they talked about, or they put a great emphasis on how important their coach was to their success. Yeah. And this is someone who literally just walks around with like a three ring binder and like those laminated page protectors to like talk about like common strategies of the opponents and how they can, you know, lane differently to compensate for that and so on. So I, it's, it's a very normal thing in other games. Mm-hmm. And I think you would run into like, puppeting issues and stuff like that at the you know ptq level yeah but i i think for something like the mythic invitationals or whatnot if there's some way that you can like register somebody before the tournament mm-hmm. or whatever to just like be like yeah come backstage with you yeah like xyz is my plus one also they are my coach or what yeah. have you so that way you don't run into like the you know oh yeah this other person in the tournament is my pal and I would like their help in the finals if I get there. Like, I think that's a different situation. And this is a, an incredibly nuanced conversation or take, I guess. But I feel like all of this is something that is not that outlandish, to be honest. Yeah, like, another aspect is, like... So, like, this, this, this is pretty expensive, right? It's a lot of people doing, like, a lot of... Like, maybe some people are, like, family members or friends or whatever. But like, like, there are some professionals involved, too. Yeah. That like deserve to be paid for their time, um, who are doing their job, and like that makes it pretty expensive. Like, sure, for like you know, PT, PT Phoenix or whatever, you can't have have that just justify that for like a bunch of people. The expense there just isn't that sort of money there. But when you look at like the Mythic Invitationals, when you look at Worlds, all these tournaments have such massive prize pools. Wizards is trying to make it such a big product, make it like, you know, make it actual esports, and like, why not get the very best games you can, get the most focused players you can, make sure like every fiber of them is ready, that they aren't tilting. Yeah, and I almost think there's a point where one of the things that I wish the arena mc made more made more use of or i guess this is worlds sorry (laughs) uh it's um i i wish they used more of as if they so before you played the finals of the pro tour that you're the mythic championship that you won um they had a couple of each of the finalist friends come up and do like an interview with BB. Like mm-hmm. I got to do one and it was hype and it was cool. And I thought it was a cute little segment. That's like a human element too. Yeah. It's and- like really important when you're trying to like build up these people, build up your players as people rather than just like these nameless, faceless people who are holding like individuals that are holding cards right exactly like you don't want to just have a labeled face that happens to play the game a yeah lot of the time like i think at this point it is pretty like, reasonably well demonstrated that magic players respond well to magic players that are players and like, not just like know. how great is it that, like after this tournament was was done pv who is this person we've like we've seen his personality on his streams that he did over the last year we've seen his personality in like 
the promotional phase running up to this tournament. Even if you're not a long-time player who's been playing for 10 years, you've only been, like, watching this stuff for the last year. You still know, like, a bit about him. Yeah. Who he is. And then you hear his speech. It's so much more meaningful because you're oh, invested. Oh, God. That speech slayed me. I, God, I was tearing up in the audience. Just tearing like... It was, so, he like started playing when he was like 10 I think it was like technically 8 mm-hmm. but like first major event when he was like 12 and first pro tour when he was 15 yeah. and like talked about how he always wanted to be world champion it's just I could see I could see the 15 year old in his eyes just like the way he was like <laughs> the little smile and like was so he, sweet. he was so sheepish so many times in that interview where like I could feel the look my made it mm-hmm. in that in a way that is you you just don't yeah. get that much a lot of the time. I I don't know. I, and I but to your point that's important. Yeah. It's so important to feel that stuff. We want people to be invested. We want people to care about like these matches that are happening. It's not just about like people like you know having the right draw steps or whatever. It's about the people who are doing it. Yes, exactly. So, I to that point, I think, in a, a lot of cases, I really wish that... Ooh, I mean, it is normalized in the rest of the esports world, so I wish Watsi would kind of take a page out of that book and maybe look into yeah. allowing some sort of... Either them to bring on their own sports psychologist or, you know, coach or mm-hmm. whoever they have fulfilling that role. It could even be a playtest buddy. Like, yeah. You know, who knows? You're allowed to have plus ones or I think even twos or something at these if you're like, like they don't care as long as, you know, it's just printing passes off. I don't mm-hmm. actually know all the logistics of it. That's them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think it would be great if they would actually allow for something like that. Yeah, I agree completely. I think that would be, you, you just want to like have the players be the best they can be, right? Yes. That's so important. That's such a key integral piece of this. Have them be performing at that A game at your like biggest, most important events. Right. And I I don't know if there is another way to do this is I wish there was possibly this is the other I guess this is segueing into the next thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I wish there was maybe some other solution. This is kind of what I alluded to with the filler material from before. I wish there was some way to hold folks' attention for like more than 10 or 20 minutes between these match of matches yeah, or what have you, especially if people are going to have to be playing in the same one. That's just so unbelievably brutal. Yeah. Like, I I don't know much about like tournament structures. Is there any way to like actually do this where you don't have that running back to back? I I mean, there is, but it's basically impossible when you get to the top four. Yeah. Right, because eventually... And and that's where it's the problem, because that's when the matches get really long and grueling. Exactly. Like, the rest of today was mostly fine, right? Like, it was... Well, I mean, kind of. It was Gavin, Seth, and then it was Seth and Marcio, and then Mm -hmm. it was uh, Marcio and PV. But if Seth had beat Marcio, Seth would have just played for, like, eight hours or something. That's, like... Like, you talk about unhealthy. That's, like almost dangerous this is not real this is like you know you always hear about like stress tests at the doctor or whatever that is just i i cannot imagine having to play at the level like these players are actually unbelievable Mm -hmm. it's like one of my favorite things about watching these and hanging out with the players in like 
the green room or the players' lounge, whatever yeah. you want to call it. One of the coolest things is being surrounded by all these players who are so much better than I am, and then watching them argue about the plays. It, it was the coolest thing when um, you were helping me test the matchup of Blue White versus Tima. That was so sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I guess story time. So Autumn, uh, before the trip, was like, hey, so if you have any of these cards, please bring them along. I kind of want to just, like, test, but do it in paper. And I was like, all right, cool. So I we proxy up, like, Tima Rec and the PV Andre list for Blue White because yep. it was a little non-traditional and you want to make sure you know how to play it. And we, we crack out these decks in the player room. Uh, whilst like waiting for waiting for something, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was like the player meeting or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For like the first day or something, um, and um, or, or the media day. Sorry, the media day. Yeah. Things are like lagging behind a bit. You know how it is. It's always so busy. It always takes longer than you expect. So we're sitting there playing some games, and uh, it Javier comes up and is I'm like, holding my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Javier's just like, oh, you're playing with paper cards. That's really cool. Yeah. They make some joke about their circular tables, and Autumn and I are sitting like next to each other, playing sideways instead of across one of these the giant... tables. So big, yeah. But like, it's a weird spot where there is no good way to play, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you either yeah. sit next to each other and play like sideways, or it feels like one of those Yu Gi Oh stadi- stadiums or whatever, where you're mm-hmm. having to play standing up and like shout your cards across. <laughs> and it's just like I play. Conquerors death. <laughs> this allows me to exile your Uro. Blah, blah, Why would blah. you exile my Uro? That's really mean. Oh god. The best about Uro is when you escape Uro, you just get to say that you call forth Uro. <laughs> I call forth Uro. <laughs> Titan of squib- squibbly gross noises. Titan of slorp. Slorp. <laughs> <laughs> PSA the horrifying animation on Arena just imagine slorp when the head comes down it's the worst and the best no it's the worst it's okay. just the worst okay. anyway Javier comes up Javier comes over and you know I'm not one to actually get in like self-conscious about stuff pretty often i'm pretty good at like being able to justify everything i do but you know you think you bad and then the current reigning like the defending world champion comes over and it's just like oh why did you do that and you're just like (laughs) uh because i am baby and have never touched a magic card before obviously what's the mana how do i make a mana yeah and you know to be clear like all of this is in good fun. He's not like mansplaining yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like this is this is all fine. I'm not remotely upset at any of this. He's, he's being very friendly and engaging it like you know, he the same way he'd engage with like a guy or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, Javier's cool. We played a bunch of times and even got to do like some casual games and stuff at uh MC three and it was a lot of fun. I really like him. He's great. Yeah. I, he he is just a delight. Yeah. So he's doing that and then Seth Manfield comes over, <laughs> and then Javier and Manfield start arguing about a play, and the two plays they're arguing are not the play I was going to make, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just over here trying to spit my pacifier out, because I'm just a child here, obviously. <laughs> 
It was really cool. It was really cool. And how, how did it feel having a, a, a personal coaching session with two of the five best active players in well, the world? To be fair, I will say uh, there was one play that I came up with that they didn't see. Like, I know, I know. Powerful. One, one play in four games, not to brag too hard. Damn. <laughs> I know. Hope to get to that point myself one day. So anyway, I'm going to add it on my resume now that I am Javier and Seth's card holder. <laughs> <laughs> I was basically their IRL arena client. Some, someone's like looking at you for coaching or whatever and sees this and it's like, ding. Oh, oh yeah, they were just like, dang, this person legit. Mm-hmm. They held cards for Seth Manfield ones. Dang. <laughs> it was, it was, it's cool though. Uh, that's one of, but getting back to it, that's one of the best things about these is just having all these players to kind of talk through stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember how we got I, on I, this. I was about to ask you this. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna no. lie. <laughs> um, oh, no. Yeah, this is rough. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, the people listening can definitely tell that we just got a ton <laughs> of Japanese barbecue and then immediately wandered back to the hotel. And we're like, no, we should totally start a podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute. This is the best, <laughs> best idea we've ever had. Um, rip. <laughs> so the short version is basically that I, I think uh, I am, I guess, anxious that these events can lose sight of the people that are playing in them, and yeah. I hope, I hope that something changes in the future to either make it to where people are more likely to succeed on their own. Or are allowed to accept the help of people that couldn't let them yeah. succeed. Like, you see, um, in the run-up to this event, it was really sweet. Uh, came into my room on Wednesday evening, there was, like, this, this gift bag here. Like, all this sweet stuff, like this World Championship brand of towel and all sorts of dope things. Come back on Saturday evening, and they have a gift bag with, like, all the, all the drop boxes or whatever they call Secret layers. Secret layers. And I'm like, wow, these are sweet, Damn, Wizards, Wizards is treating us so well. Yeah, for like, sure. Wizards, Wizards is really invested in making the players here happy in terms of, like, making them feel looked after and, like, they long oh, hair. Oh, y'all have been uh, rock stars uh, all weekend. Uh, about, like, I, I think there needs to be the same sort of care and attention, even if it's just from a rules perspective, towards the players' mental health to make sure they are in the right mindset to make sure... They aren't gonna like slip and struggle in that sort of position like Marcio did. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's like a really big thing. Yeah, I I really I don't know. That was that was a thing where I'm really happy that PV won, and yeah. all things considered, probably PV would have is, liked PV to win anyway. PV is wonderful. PV is the greatest player. He's of all so time. genuine. He's an actual goat. Like I don't care who you are, not Finkel, not Kai, not LSV, whatever it is. Paulo is actually the best player to ever touch a magic card. Yeah, he 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 is the best. I I don't think there, I don't think there's an argument over this. He's what sixteen top finishes now and he, has a victory at literally everything possible. Lost like five events he's attended. He's top eighted. Yeah, like people always joke about how it'll be impossible to replicate like the Kai numbers he or whatever. He literally just did. Yeah, like he he's basically there right now. Like In the modern age, actually, yeah, and. Not, so I think Kai is the fur was the furthest ahead of the rest of the 
magic playing world that is anyone's gonna be. Like, yeah. Kai in his prime was way better than the second best magic player. Mm-hmm. Than, by a wider delta than I think PB is to, like, the second best current active magic player. Yeah. But I do not think that, of you know, whenever you get into the all-time discussions, like, I, I just think it's PB at this point, and I think it is really hard to argue that. Mm-hmm. Agree. So anyway... So we're really happy for him winning. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, I wish I felt like Marcio had been given the the fullest chance to succeed, you know? Yeah, and I, I feel like that's something where it's hard to deliver this kind of conversation with nuance without it sounding like I'm salty about PB winning or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I could I'm, not be further I'm from the case. I'm ecstatic about PB winning. I was in the same position of, like, almost crying. Yeah, yes, and, and... But... I don't know. I, I don't know about you. I, I saw this person who was just like, you know, keeper mole, and it showed like uh, Marcio's like bad keep from the last game when he very obviously was just like tilted and like mm-hmm. wanted to do whatever he could to get out of the situation because he was just done and wanted it to be over. And I it just like it felt like it felt real ugly when it's just like, dude, you look, you, look, these are people, right? Yeah. Like, like that, these. Don't make jokes about someone, like, keeping a bad hand in the finals, the biggest event of their life. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be everything they've ever wanted. Worked towards for years and years and years. And after five hours, just has a slip. Yeah. Just, like, can't do it anymore. Yeah, like, I, I just... It's, it's definitely a spot where it feels, like, a little bit like, you know... I understand he's not literally dead, and there's the point where it's like, you know, suck it up, you want 150k or whatever. Like, yeah. that's good money. I mm-hmm. get it. But also, there's the point where it's like, you know, get, like, let let someone live. Like, yeah. you don't have to, like, salt the wound. Like, it, okay, so one, it's just not that funny of a joke in the first place. Right? Like, kind of low-hanging fruit, not very creative. Very like, obvious. Like, who's actually impressed with this take? Like, you know, it's the whole, like, if your humor is going to be offensive, it needs to be funnier than it is offensive. And if it isn't 51% funny, then like, just shut up. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yep. Like you, you don't have to say anything. Yeah. Like that's just allowed. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that that's at least what got me, uh, you know, fired up a lot. You know, like, we were already talking about it on the way out of the convention center, but I like, whew. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree completely. I I just... I I am not here for anyone who's going to make jokes on Marcio's behalf regarding the final game. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Like, if if the way he wants to cope with it is with humor, mm-hmm. or like... And that's great. Yeah, or if one know, of his, like, close friends... Like, if Javier made some joke about it, I would probably just be like, I think only he's allowed to make that mm-hmm. joke. I don't know. They're close, though, so, like, I think it's, like, probably in good taste, like... If you made some joke about me like punting something away on camera, like I'd I'd be like, Autumn, <laughs> you are lucky that you are Autumn. Yeah, it, it reminds me of um, how you used to to sprinkle Liam Monaghan tokens. Was yeah, it? so uh, my my partner lost the finals of an Invitational, and uh, for the SCG Invitational, you would get your likeness on a token, and yeah. so. 
to rib her for a long time, I would collect the tokens of the person that she lost to and just give them to her. And but be like, like, if anyone hey, who isn't, this. if anyone who isn't like a close friend is doing that, it's just like, it's really weird. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I don't know. I I, I think that's a lot of it. Um, I I really hope that this type of thing doesn't come up again because like, I mean, let me phrase. I hope these circumstances kind of get phased out. I yeah. mean. People are going to tilt, and that's just the way it is. That's a whole other bucket of mental health worms. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really just feel like this is a situation where, even outside of the you know, the fact that the upper bracket had an advantage on the lower bracket, it really just kind of felt like Marcio was not, or whoever was in the lower bracket, yep. whoever I- lost in the finals of the upper bracket, and got knocked down to the finals of the lower bracket would really not be set up to succeed. Mm-hmm. And this time it happened to be Marcio that was put in that position. I agree. I, I think he was put in a really tough position. Like, tried his hardest. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm sure I'll make it back. Dude's an animal. But, mm-hmm. like, there's also the part of me that wonders if this is the level of soul crushing that, like, maybe he's just out. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I hope he'll be back. Yeah, same. Alright, so, uh, this is basically just the first pilot episode, whatever. Gamers. Gamers. (laughs) And, uh, so, you know, a little bit stealing a joke from a friend, but, you know, they'll deal with it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so, we don't know how frequently we're gonna be doing this. Yeah, but if you want us to do this, let us know. Yeah, would love love a bunch of, you know, positive feedback. I, you know, we have all of our own content as it is. I'm sure if you ended up here, you already know it. So I'm, I'm not trying to plug a bunch of stuff here. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, this is a pilot episode. We know the sound quality probably isn't the best. It's literally we, a laptop. Yeah. We're actually <laughs> like, we need to do this right now. Yeah. Get out your laptop. We're just not. Yeah, I, I was just, it was so funny. We're going across a crosswalk and Otto goes, so, is your laptop mic good enough to do a podcast? And I just go, Autumn, it's a laptop mic. No. As a matter of fact, it is not good enough to do a podcast. And Autumn is just like, so how are we going to do the podcast? And I was like, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> All right. So, appreciate you listening, making Love it this y'all. far. Hopefully, we get to upload it. We'll catch you next time. Uh, We do not have any schedule for this. Don't know when the next episode will be, but the more love we get, the more likely we're willing to uh, put the effort in to make them. Just saying. So that's on, y'all. Take it easy.